Shalom to all. Today's office is and we are starting about the sixth line with the words Tan Rabbanon. And today's office sponsor, Lili Nishmas, Mars Mam Sar, Basabiakov Moshe, her Neshama should have an Oliah, and Lili Nishmas, Rabbi Chmil, Mardachai, Ben Rabchayim, his Neshama should have an Oliah. I think Mars says Tan Rabbanon, we have a Brasa, Shoshav Masayim, Shinogach Shoshav Masayim, a shore worth 200, they got another shore worth 200, Bechavel by Bechamishim Zoz, and the damage it caused was 50 Zoz, which means that the Nizik, the damaged shore, is now worth only 150 and not 200. However, Bishabach now went up in value. Perhaps the market for that type of shore went up, and Now it's worth 400. So the Mazik might think of telling the Nizik, I don't owe you anything. Your shore is worth much more than it was before. Still, he would have to pay him the damage, which turns out to be 25, because remember the damage was 50, and half damage is 25. And the reason why he would still have to pay is because the Nizik could tell the Mazik, if not for the fact that your shore damaged mine, my shore would be worth 800 Zos. And the only reason why it's worth 400 is because it was damaged by your shore. So therefore, Nizik has to pay for the damages based off of how much that is when it was damaged. However, let's say Kachash, the damaged shore depreciated in value, so Kshas Hamad Abedin, the Mazik has to pay based off of how much Bezin assesses the damage is by Hamad Abedin, meaning when they're in front of Bezin actually judging the case. Now here's the safe of the Raisa, Shabach Mazik, let's say the damaging shore went up in value, not like Kshas Hanezek, the owner pays based off of when the damage happened, Kachash, right if the damaging shore went down in value, Kshas Hamad Abedin, he pays based off of Hamad Abedin. So we analyze the Raisa, Omar Amar, in the safe we said, Shabach Mazik, if the damaging shore went up in value, not like Hanezek, the owner pays based off of when the Nezek happened. Now, money, who's that like Rabbi Shmuel? It's according to Rabbi Shmuel, the Amr Balchayv, who, who holds that the Mazik is a Balchayv, Vizuzi who the Mazik lay, and he simply owes money to the Nezek. And therefore, even though the damaging shore went up in value, we pay based off of when it did the damage and not based off of its higher value now. But now we ask, Ema Seifa, what about the end of the Seifa, meaning the second part of the Seifa the Bride saw, which is Kachash, if the damaging shore went down in value, the owner pays Kashasam Adabdin based off of how much damage was when they're ready in Bezdin, while it's on the Rabbi Kiva. Now that's based off of Rabbi Kiva, the Amr Shutfinenu, who holds that the Mazik and Nezek are Shutfim, their partners in the Shar Hamazik. The Rish Rabbi Shmuel was safe for Rabbi Kiva. Does that mean the Rish is Rabbi Shmuel and the is Rabbi Kiva? That doesn't make sense. The Gemara says, Loi, it's not so. Kuli Rabbi Kiva, he really the whole price is Rabbi Kiva. Vachamayaskin, what are we talking about over here? Kishapitmai, where the Mazik fattened his Shar, so that's why the increased value of the Shar is not included in the payment. As the Gemara, Ikshapitmai, if the Mazik had fattened his Shar, Imeresha, take a look at the Rish of the Bride saw. What the Rish say? Shabach, if the damaged Shar went up in value, Vamar al Dalad Mezoz, and now it's worth 400 Zoz, now it's like Kishasa Nezek, the Mazik has to pay based off of Shas Nezek, well, if he fattened it, you really have to say that? If the Nizek had fattened his shor, why would that have any impact on how much the Mazik has to pay? Of course the Mazik has to pay whatever the damage was at the time of damaging. Whatever the Nizek decided to do with his shor afterwards is up to him, and that has nothing to do with the damages. So why does the Mishnah have to tell us that? So our Papa, our Papa explains, The ratio of this Braiso, when we're talking about the shor Hanizek, applies whether the Nizek himself had fattened his shor, making it worth more, or if the price of it went up on its own, maybe because of the world market. However, the Rish of the Braiso didn't say that because there's only a chiddush in the second part of it. The main chiddush of the brayse is to tell us that even when the value of the shar hanizik went up on its own, still the mazik has to pay kashas hanizik. And seifa lemshkachasa el kshbetmoi. The seifa the brayse that's talking about where the shar hamazik went up in value. That's only talking about where the mazik actually fattened it. And therefore, there's no steer between the ratio and the seifa the brayse. But now we continue, and we're focusing on the ratio of the brayse. Kichesh kashas amad beden. If the value of the shar hanizik, the one that was damaged, went down, so then we pay based off amad beden. Well, the question is, why did it go down in value? If you want to say the that it went down in value because it was doing work, so it got weak, and that's why it's worth less. Well, why doesn't the mazik tell the nizik, you weakened it, and I have to pay you for that? Why should I have to pay you for that? So Rashi answer is no, it went down because of this blow that it received from the mazik. The nizik tell the mazik, the horn of your ox is buried in mine, and that's why it's slowly but surely depreciating in value, because 
because it sustained a significant wound, and that's why the mazik would have to pay for that depreciation in value. Now, before we start this Mishnah, let's just read a Pasuk. The Pasuk tells us that when one person's shark kills another, so what do they do? They sell the shark which is alive, and they split its value, and they also split the mace. Now, another way of saying this is that the mazik and the nizik share equally in the damages. But now we're going to see Machlekes about this. The Mishnah says, A shark with 200, they gored a shark with 200, and the veil is not worth anything. So I'm Rav Meir. Rav Meir says, I was on this. The Pasuk says, They sell the shark which is alive and they split its money. That means that the shark that's alive, which is worth 200, gets sold and each one takes 100. However, only Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda told Rav Meir, That's the halacha. You're 100% right. You're mekaim that part of the Pasuk that they sell the shark that's alive and they split its money. You are not mekaim the part of the Pasuk that says that they split the mace. So how are we mekaim that part of the Pasuk says Rabbi Yehuda? A shark with 200, the gourd, a shark with 200. And then a veil is worth 50. So over here, each one takes half of the live one, half of the dead one. And that's where because over here, the mace is worth money as well. It's worth 50. So they split it and each one takes half of it. Now we get into more detailed discussions of the opinions of Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Meir based off of a brysa. Tan Rabban of the brysa says, And the veil is worth 50. Each one takes half of the live one and half of the dead one. And this is the shah that's being spoken about in the Torah when we say this pasuk, that's Rabbi opinion, as he had said at the end of the Mishnah. Now, Rabbi Meir says, This is not the shah that's being spoken about in the Torah. Rather, the Torah is talking about a shah that's worth 200, the Gorda shah worth 200, and the veil is not worth anything. It's on that the pasuk says that they sell the shah which is alive, and they split its money. So how do I apply the part of the Pasuk that they also split the mace? Explains Rav Meir. It just means that whatever value it now lost because it died, that's split in the live one. In other words, according to Rav Meir, when the Pasuk is saying, it's just another way of saying that the Nizah gets paid 50% of the damages. Let's see. Both the Contra Meir and Rabbi Huda, both the Nizah and the Mazik are going to walk away with 125. What's the difference between them? Why is it that both of them are walking away with 125? Because think about it. The shah that's alive is worth 200. So if that's split, each one walks away with 100. According to Yehuda, we also split the dead shah, and the dead shah is worth 50, so that's going to be 25 to each. So that's 125. Well, according to our mayor, it's the same thing. How much was the damage according to our mayor? Only 150, because the dead shah is worth 50. So then Nizik walks away with the dead shah, and he walks away with half of the 150, which is 75. So 75 plus 50 is 125. What's the difference between Rain and Yehuda? Both of them are walking away with the same amount of money. So Amar Rav, Rav suggests, the difference between Rav Meir and Rav Yehuda is the depreciation of the Nevela from the time that it was damaged until the time of Ahmad Abedin. Rav Meir, Rav Meir holds Pachas Nevela the Nizik Hava. The Pachas Nevela is on the Nizik. So the Nevela went down in value even more, so that loss was suffered by the Nizik. However, Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda holds Pachas Nevela the Mazik Hava Palga, that at least half of the Pachas Nevela is on the Mazik, because he says the Nevela itself is split by the Mazik and the Nizik. However, Amalai Abayi Abayi said him, Cain, Matzin, Rav Yehuda, turns out that according to Rav Yehuda, Lama Dalar Abayi is on top, Tam Charim Yimud. That a tam is much more chomer than a muad. Because we already said in the first paragraph that when a shar muad kills an animal, the bilim, meaning the nizik, they have to deal with the nevela. But over here we're saying that according to Yehuda, when we're dealing with the tam, that the mazik has to deal with half the nevela. That means that we're more chomer on the mazik when we're dealing with the tam than with the muad. That doesn't make sense. And if we want to say, yeah, that's actually true. We are more chomer with him. Kid like we have a Mishnah Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, tam chayiv a muad potter, that a tam is chayiv a muad's potter. And this is referring to a case where a shimer is watching two shvarim, let's say, one of them's a tam and one of them's a muad, and he did not do a very good shmira. 
Gemara. So Rabbi Huda holds that if the Tom damages, the Shimer is high for that. Whereas if the Mua damages, the Shimer is potter for that. So we actually do see the Rabbi Huda is more machmer when we're dealing with a Tom as opposed to a Mood. Well, that's not a right because Amos Shamus Lady Rabbi Huda in Shmira. Maybe Rabbi Huda is only more machmer when we're dealing with the Tom in regards to Shmira watching it. Because there's a Pusak over there supporting him. Do we hear from Rabbi Huda in regards to payment that we're more machmer with the owner of a Tom than with a Mood? That doesn't make sense. Rabbi Huda tells us not like that because Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Huda says in the Brisa, Yachol, you might think that we would say the following. Ashar that's worth a money, which is a hundred, that gored Ashar with five slime, which is twenty, but an avail Yafa Sela, and then avail is only worth one Sela, which means it's worth four. So you might say, that each one, both the Nizik and the Mazik, take half of the live one and half of the dead one. Well, that can be because of Marta, you say, Why does the Pasuk specifies that a Muad has to pay more? To be more Machmer with him or to be more Mako with him? That's obviously to be Machmer on the owner of the Muad. And what would we say? Just like a muad, which is more chamer, only pays that which it damaged. Tam hakal a tam which is much more makel than a muad. For sure, you would only pay what was damaged. And in this case, of a shor worth hundred, the gourd a shor worth twenty, and the veil is only worth four. So really, the damage is very little. And if you're going to say that we're going to split the live one, that means that the nizik is going to walk away with more than fifty zuz. Because remember, the live one is worth a hundred, so the nizik's walking away with more than his shor was worth in the first place. So it can't be that that's what Rabbi Huda holds. And this is all kash on Rava, but I tried to explain that this is what she does. Rabbi Huda is. So Mar says, you're right. Elam Rabbi Yechon, Rabbi Yechon says, and really it's not Rabbi Yechon answering the question, it's just based off of what Rabbi Yechon said, Shevach Nevei Lek Benayu. The difference between Rabbi and Rabbi Huda is if the Nevei went up in value. The Mar Savar the Nezek Hava, Rabbi holds that that value goes to the Nezek. The Mar Savar is Rabbi Huda holds, Palga, that that's split, and some of that value goes to the Mazek, and some of it goes to the Nezek. Vahainu the Kakashalei, the Rabbi Huda, and this is something Rabbi Huda was bothered by, and he said, Ashad Amrit Chas Rachmana Alei the Mazek to Shakal B'Shevcha. Now that you said that the Torah has mercy on the Mazek, and they allow the Mazek to take some of the Shevach of the dead animal. Yachol, you might think based off of that, the Shar Shava Chamesh Slaim, if we have a Shar with five Slaim, which means it's only worth 20, Shanagach Shar Shava Mane, that a Gorda Shar worth Mane, which is 100, Banavel Yafa Chamishim Zoz, and Nevel is worth 50 Zoz, you might say the Zenot El Chatech Chav Chatech Mez, Zenot El Chatech Chav Chatech Mez, that each one takes 50% of the living one and the dead one, and that means that the Mazak would be walking away with more money than his Shar is actually worth. And I might you said on this, Hechem Tino Mazak Niskar, where do you find that a Mazak gains Shazen Niskar, that this one's gaining over here? It doesn't make sense that the Mazak should gain. And furthermore, it says in the Pasuk, Shalom Yishalim, that the Mazik has to pay. And what do we learn from here? Bailam Yishalmin, Vein Bailam Neitlin. That tells us that the owner of the damaging shore has to pay, and he's never going to walk away with more money. Now we just explained, my Ve'aymer, why do we have to add in Ve'aymer? And we have a Pasuk that tells us that he only pays and he doesn't get to take money. The answer is, You might say that the only way the Mazik's not able to walk away with more money than his shore is actually worth is if there's going to be a loss to the Nizik because of that. But if there's not going to be a loss to the Nizik, can go in, for example, the following case, Shar Shav Chamesh Slaim, a Shar worth five Slaim, again, which is 20, Shanagach Shar Shav Chamesh Slaim, they gored another Shar worth five Slaim, but somehow the Nevela now is worth 30 Zos because the price of Nevelas went up. So you might say in this case, Shakal Naim Mazak B'Shivcha, that the Mazak should take some of this Shavach because there's not going to be any loss in Nizik in this case. And that's why the Brisa says, Va'aymer, no, it says in the Pasuk, Shalim Yishalim, that he, the Mazak, shall pay. And that tells us, Bailam Yishalmin, Ve'im Bailam Naitlim, the Bailam only pay and they do not get to take. And we continue analyzing she is Rabbi Huda. Imkain, if that's so, that we split the live shore and the dead shore according to Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Huda, Tam Nezek. It turns out that according to Rabbi Huda, a Tam is going to end up paying more than Chatzin Nezek. We'll explain how that is in a moment. The Torah says, and they sell the shore that's alive, and they split its money. So how does this Pasuk fit with Shitz Rabbi Huda? Now, has it according to Rabbi Huda that the Mazak is going to end up paying more than Chatzin Nezek? So let's say a shore worth 50, Gord a shore worth 40, and then Vela is 20.
20. So that means the final damage is 20, and Chatzin Nezek is 10. Now, if the live and dead Shvarim are divided, like what Rebuda says, then both the Mazik and the Nizik are going to walk away with 35, because the live one is 50 and the dead one's 20. So it turns out that the Nizik is receiving more than half the damages, and that the Mazik's paying more than half the damages. So my answer is no. Rebuhuda holds of this line that we learned of Rameir on the bottom of Ahmed Aleph, that the Pasuk is telling us that whatever depreciation this death of the shark caused, that split in the live one. In other words, only Chatzin Nezik's paid. Ask the Gemara so where does Rebuhuda know this from? The answer is, from this Pasuk of, and that's Rameir's Pasuk. Ask the Gemara, Rebuhuda used that very Pasuk itself to tell us that both the Nizik and the Mazik take half of the Chai and half of the Mace. Zachary now use it to say something else, basically agreeing with Rameir. So my answer is, Mkain, if so, meaning if that's all the Pasuk was telling us, all the Pasuk should say is, my vegam. Why does it say vegam is hames yachzon? Shema mi atarti. We learn both things from here. And also, brand new mishnah. Yesh chayv al maisa shayray u patar al maisa atzmai. Patar al maisa shayray v'chayv al maisa atzmai. There's a situation where a person would be chayv if his shar does this thing, but he would be patar if he does this thing. And the flip side as well, he would be patar if his shar did this thing, but he would be chayv if he does this thing. Kitsa was just referring to shar should be ish patar if his shar embarrasses somebody, so he's patar. But who should be ish chayv? But if he embarrasses somebody, he's chayv to pay for that. Shar shasimas ain avdo. If his shar knocked out the eye or tooth of his Eved, so the master is Potter, he does not have to set his Eved free. If he blinded his Eved's eye or knocked out his tooth, so he's Chayev, which means he has to set his Eved free. Furthermore, if his shar wounded his father or mother, so he's Chayev for that. If he wounded his father or mother, he's Potter because he's Chayev Misa. We know that the person wounds their father or mother, they're Chayev Misa, and therefore he would say, and he wouldn't have to pay for the damages. Furthermore, if his shar somehow caused the pile to be lit on fire on Shabbos, so the owner's chai for that. And if he lit a pile on fire on Shabbos, so he'd be potter for that. Because he's chai of Misa. I think more says, Anyone who does a destructive act on Shabbos is potter, except for chayvel, which is making a wound, and mavir, which is lighting a fire. And that's because we know that on Shabbos, one is only chai for doing a constructive act that has purpose, but wounding is destructive, as is lighting something on fire. And it's only with these two the Gemara tells us, as explained in Sechus Shabbos, that one is chayev for them. However, Amr Lei, Rabbi Yechon told him, Paitani Lebra, go teach this outside. Don't teach it here. Chayv Mavir any Mishnah. Saying that if a person wounds or lights something on fire on Shabbos, he'd be chayev for that. That's not a valid teaching that we follow. If you want to say that it is valid, meaning that a person is chayev for that, even though it's a destructive act, it has to be that there's some sort of constructive purpose to it. It must be that he's being chayev, he's making a wound because he needs that blood for his dog or Mavir. It has to be that he's chayev for lighting a fire, but because he needs the dust. But not just stom lighting a fire or stom wounding, that is not going to be Mechaiva person. We're going to stop here for the day, but pick up tomorrow asking on Rabbi Yechanan. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.